Pastor Xavier Reese with the diagnosis and cure for man's critical condition. Do you see yourself as a leper spiritually? So often individuals do not recognize their spiritual need. Therefore, they never respond. Maybe you're one of them. You've never come face to face with Jesus Christ. You've never responded to your need. Spiritual lepers, nothing less. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The disease of leprosy to our modern day is a thing of the past. However, the spiritual symbolism of it lives on, alive and well, in the hearts of man. Today on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier turns to the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 1, and the miracle of Jesus healing the leper to draw some relevant simple truths of all men's need for a miraculous cleansing of the heart. Let's listen. There are many pictures in Scripture that declare man's spiritual unrighteousness and his need of having God to intervene in his life. Man is portrayed as being lost, as being blind, crippled, having a deceitful and evil heart. But I don't believe that there's a metaphor or a picture more vivid and more deadly than the one that is presented to us here in verses 40 through 45. That is the picture of leprosy. Throughout the scriptures we are giving examples of leprosy and here the Lord shows us the debasement of man in terms of his spiritual illness. If I had to compare leprosy today it would probably equal to AIDS. There's no cure. It's terminal. And the only way a person could be healed was for God to intervene. There was no other way. Even today we cannot cure leprosy, what's usually called Hansen's disease. They can arrest it to a point, but they cannot cure it. And so it is a very vivid picture of, uh, of man's sinfulness being spiritually dead while living. And there's no worse death in life than to know you're dying while you're living. The only thing with sinful man is he doesn't know he's dying. Better state it. He doesn't know he's dead. Paul tells Timothy that the woman who lives in pleasure while she lives, and that goes along for the man, is dead while they live. They've got their eggs in the wrong basket. There are many people who think they're okay. They go to church, they, they read the word, they, they make um, some kind of commitment, they do this and that. But they've never had a life transforming change in their life. They've never met face to face with Jesus and they're still dead in their sins. A leper was considered to be dead as he lived. And during his life, even as, remember when Moses was bringing the children of Israel 
out of captivity. And Aaron and Miriam got in a debate one time. They started saying, well, you know, Moses, this and that. And they started talking about Moses. And, and God struck Miriam with leprosy in Numbers, uh, Levitic, Numbers 12, 12. And Moses looked upon his sister, who was white as a leopard. And he cried out to God. He says, please don't let her be as one dead. King Uzziah was struck with leprosy because he presumed upon authority that he had not been vested with. He entered the priesthood office and wanted to offer incense. And so in 2 Chronicles 26, God struck him with leprosy in his forehead. Leprosy is not only a spiritual condition of man regarding his spiritual standing with God, but it's always portrayed as a type of sin through Scripture. Always. Leprosy never means good. It's always a type of sin. A leper had to reside and uh, live outside the camp of Israel. He had to say bye to his family. They would have a full-blown funeral. He is dead. He would never enjoy the caress of his wife. He would never enjoy the hug of his children. He would never enjoy the company of any others but just those like he. Disfigured. Dying. This is the picture that we find here in Mark's gospel. Verse 40 says, Then a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be clean. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places and they came to him from every quarter. The occasion that we find here of the leopard is identified for us by Matthew in Matthew 8.1 that it took place after the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew tells us as he descended from the Sermon on the Mount. Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, I believe, tells us that as he entered some cities. So they're describing it from different perspectives, but it took place after the Sermon on the Mount. So if you're going to put this account, uh, this occasion, you must put it after the Sermon on the Mount. And notice that at times, many times, we will have exciting events in our life with the Lord. We may be up in a retreat. We may go away for a weekend. We may just be on a high. But whenever you come down to reality, there are always going to be people who have needs and problems that you're going to have to deal with. I wish I could tell you there was a utopia, there was a paradise. Once you come to Christ, you're okay. But the truth of the matter is, once you come to Christ, you're really in, 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 in a position of, of more warfare. Because you, for the first time, will enter warfare. Because now you've become the enemy of Satan and this world. But I want to call your attention to the perception of the leopard in verse 40. The first thing we see there is he recognized that he had a need and responded to it. 
It says, a leopard came to him. The leopard had no problem recognizing who he was in his condition. He had been outcast, ostracized from society for many years, perhaps. It wasn't hard for him to say, I'm a leopard. And yet, one of the greatest problems of man today is for him to recognize that he is spiritually a leopard when it comes to his relationship with God. We always seem to talk our way around and say, well, you know, I'm not as bad as this guy. I've never killed anybody. I've never this and this, but the bottom line is that I must recognize my need and respond to it. And as Jesus was here dealing with his heart, wooing him to himself, that he might recognize his need, so Jesus today is wooing people by his spirit to recognize their need. But notice that nobody forced the leopard. He was not dragged there. He came of his own free will and volition. Luke 5, 12 tells us that he was full of leprosy in the ultimate late stages. For all practical purposes, this leper could have said, well, you know what, I'm going to die anyway, forget it. I know they've been telling me about this guy, Jesus, and I know that even now he's in the region where I reside, but what's the use? What's the sense? I might as well just die. And that's always a deception of the enemy. Always to cause us to think and to look at our lives as if it doesn't make any difference anymore. Things are so bad. I have lost so much that I think death would be better. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, death can only be worse. It's like jumping out of the fire pan into the fire. And that's why anyone who considers taking his life as a form of escape is completely deceived. Thinking that you're going to escape your problems. You're only going to be facing a bigger one for all eternity. The leper here also recognized that he was before one greater than himself. Verse 40 says. He kneeled down before him. Matthew 8, 2 says he worshipped him. Luke 5, 12 says he fell at his face. He fell down on his face. He not only knew that this man was somebody different, but he had a sense and an awareness that he was God. I guarantee you, though the text does not tell us, I guarantee you because you know what? No one had ever cleansed leopards. No one. And yet God had provided provisions in the law for the cleansing of the leopard. So by kneeling down, he recognized that he was before one greater than himself. That's very hard for us as people to do. And for that reason, many go about dead in trespass and sins because they don't want to humble themselves and acknowledge that there's one greater than themselves and they fall short. And so pride keeps many people from coming to Christ. And yet, it's deception. Secondly, he implored him. He begged him, he pleaded with him. 
The word means to come alongside. By this, he equally implies that he was before one greater than himself. And the nerve of this leper, the law said he could not approach anybody. The leper had to live outside the camp. He had to cover his lip and yell unclean, unclean as he went through the streets. The Jewish codified law would tell how much distance if the wind was blowing against him or towards him. He got into all the specifics. And this man had the nerve to come to Jesus. The word to in verse 40 means, is the word pros, which means face to face. He knew he was dying. At this point, he didn't really care what man said. He didn't care what the law said. <laughs> he was desperate. The very first step that must take place for a recovering alcoholic is to recognize his need of help. To recognize that he's an alcoholic. God's Spirit is forever attempting to bring you and myself to the point of recognizing that we are but leopards, dead in trespasses and sins, in need of help. God will not bargain with you. God will not deal with you. You must agree with God or he won't play. He sets the rules. This offends man. This insults man. And therefore he goes about trying to establish his own righteousness. Look around you. You've been around in sufficient churches. You've been a Christian long enough. And there are many people that are going about establishing their own righteousness. And they have forgotten that they were merely leopards saved by the grace of God. Thirdly, he recognized Jesus' authority to cleanse him. He says, you can make me clean. There was no doubt in his heart. He knew that he was more than a man. He knew that he was able to make him clean. All the gospel records of the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, record this event and the exact words of this point right here. You can make me clean. My problem is not in believing or knowing that God can do anything. My problem is, does he want to do it? For he recognized also Jesus' sovereignty. If you are willing. Now. In the context here, it is physical healing that is going on. When it comes to physical healing, I can say, I know you are able, but I cannot always say, I know you are willing. There is no way. Because throughout Scripture, throughout history, we know when God has chosen to heal, and then at other times, God has not chosen to heal. Study the Gospels. Many were healed of their sicknesses and diseases. Not all. Many were delivered from demon spirits. Not all. Some lepers were cleansed. Not all. 
What is the bottom line? His willingness. Why is he willing to heal some and not others? I don't know. But I know one thing. It's the best thing. How can you say that, Xavier? Because I'm always caught up with the present. God is always caught up with the eternal future. To me, what is most important is right now. I am so earthbound at times that I'm considering, how is that going to affect me? What will that do to me? How will that make me feel? And God is not primarily concerned with my present as much as he is concerned with my eternal future and his purposes. Some were healed at times when it was on the faith of others. Others were healed when they didn't believe at all. Others were healed when they did believe. What's the bottom line? God's will. Does that mean that I don't have to believe and, and participate in faith in any way? No, I'm not saying that. But be careful of packaging it in a formula. God will not be bound to your little spiritual crystal balls. He's not a genie. In spite of what they say today. He's sovereign. And so 1 John 5, 14 and 15 tells us if we ask anything according to his will, we know we have that petition. But in the context of salvation, you can always say, I know you are able and I know you are willing. For God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But you must respond. He will not force you. And so you can say to anybody, you can walk up to anybody in the street and say, it is God's will for you to be saved. And if you call on his name right now, you shall be saved. I guarantee you that's what the scriptures teach. Search them. But you could never go up to anybody, be a believer or non-believer, and always say, it's God's ability and God's will that you be healed physically. There's no way. And so we need to distinguish between the two. Lest we preach another gospel. The leper here is beautifully illustrated even as Naaman. Remember the captain of Syria, Naaman, was a leopard. And there was a little girl who was captive there. And she told Naaman's wife of how in Jerusalem was a prophet that could call upon God to heal him. And so he went with letters and told the king to have him healed. He got a little upset. He said, this guy wants to pick a fight with me. Elisha said, well, hey, just have him come to my house. So Naaman came down and he came down with his servant. And Naaman, like many of us, we already have it worked out in our mind how God is going to work, what he should do, how he should do it, when he should do it. And if he doesn't work that way, we just go away pouting. And so he thought that Elijah would come out and do all these miraculous things and call down the healing, zappo, gone. When Elijah heard that he was at his door, he told his servant, Gehazi, I said, go tell him to duck himself in the muddy Jordan seven times. When Elijah heard it, he, he got upset. I would have loved to have been there. He went away pouting. He threw a fit. When they were coming by the Jordan, his servant was more perceptive than he. He says, listen, master, you came all this way. What's it going to hurt? Dunk yourself. I know there are better rivers where we're from, but hey, do it. 
And I don't believe that Naaman went into the Jordan believing. And he went down once, twice, three, four, five, six times. Nothing happened. And I'm sure every time he came up, he looked at himself and said, I knew it. And he probably said, well, one more and we'll be on our way. Under and up. And he blew his mind, pink as a baby. You know how I know he wasn't expecting it? Because he ran back to Elisha so excited. He said, here, take gold, take silver, take garments, take everything. And Elisha said, hey, I didn't do it. Take it back home with you. But his servant, Gehazi, saw it. He went after it. He says, hey, there's some young men of the schools of the province came down. We don't have anything. And my master was wondering if you could, oh, here, here. Here's a little gold, a little silver, a little garments. And Gehazi came back and hid it. When he walked in the house, Elijah said, where did you go, Gehazi? He's all oh, nowhere. Remember that. Exactly where? Nowhere. And the leprosy of Naaman clung to Gehazi. Running after vain things. You run nowhere. This leper knew that he was going nowhere. But he was going to go to the one who could point him somewhere. Somewhere where he could have life and meaning all over again. But on a lot higher level, he was meeting God face to face. So often individuals do not recognize their spiritual need. Therefore, they never respond. And individuals of this type attend churches every Sunday. Maybe you're one of them. You have made an affiliation with a group, with a denomination. Perhaps you're even used in ministry to some shape or form. But you've never come face to face with Jesus Christ. You've never responded to your need. You're really smug, having confidence in your own goodness. And yet Romans 3, 10 and 11 says there's not one righteous, no, not one. All of us have gone our own way. Do you see yourself as a leopard spiritually? Or do you only see others as leopards spiritually? Others have their confidence in their works. I'm a moral person. I give money, I do this, I do that. And so Paul tells Titus in Titus 3.5 that we are not saved by our works of righteousness, but by the mercy of God, by the work of the regenerating work of the Spirit of God. And yet anything that I would point to for my righteousness is as filthy rags. And Isaiah says that is a menstrual garment before God. Nothing I can do. And yet Israel's sin was that they were going about trying to establish their own righteousness, Romans 10.3 said, rejecting the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Others have their confidence in their baptism, their religious affiliation, as I've said. Let me say that if you have been baptized and that's all, you are just a wet sinner. Water takes away no sin. Don't tell me you were sprinkled. Don't tell me you were dunked because water takes away no sin. And there are so many false concepts of salvation and it's a refusal to recognize one's spiritual condition as a leper in desperate need of God. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, making the vivid illustration of our need of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Simple truths drawn from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. And we're just partway through this message, so there's much more to this study to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy of this message. And the title you'll want to ask for is simply, Man's Desperate Need of God. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Man's Desperate Need of God. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com